Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT and Leanne After Hours, the conversation that continued after the show was done. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. This is the, we always have fun on all the shows, but this is uh, where we have a lot of fun sometimes. Because we can uh, curse. We can curse on this. And no we holds can, barred. No holds barred, and we can do that. And I worked up some new questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna start blushing again, Leanne. <laughs> I know. I'm blushing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I worked up some new questions. So uh first thing before we do this, I did not know till I I talked to you, Meathead. Oh, this is a few weeks ago, but I didn't know that you taught in a culinary school for a while, yeah. ways back. Yeah, I taught at the Cordon Blue School here in Chicago, um, and uh, um, I uh, I taught a little bit of wine. I taught a little bit of um, barbecue, but I mostly taught art. Uh huh. Um, I did my master's in art, and I taught art and art appreciation, and a little bit of um, presentation, food presentation, and color theory, and that sort of sure. Thing. Oh well, good for you. Good for you. All right. Are you ready, my good man? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll start. Um... I said I'm not ready. Well, that's no, okay. okay. <laughs> this is after hours. There's no rules. There's no rules. Um, we'll start with something simple here. Name something that you got really enthused or hot about and then changed your mind in the food world. Ah. I'm going through that right now, and the answer is cast iron. Okay. I used to really love cast iron, um, but I have fallen out of love with it. I'm not ready to divorce from it completely yet, but I'm on my way. It's just so difficult. I, I gave up on cast iron grill grates a long time ago yeah. because they were just impossible to keep uh, to maintain and keep them from rusting. And I didn't want branding on my meat. I wanted my meat colored all over. But uh, cast iron pans, they're really hard to maintain. And no matter how carefully I clean it, and, you know, they tell you just wipe them or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you can. They, they now say you can use a mild detergent on it. After I'm all done and you wipe it with a paper towel, it still comes out brown. Yeah, And mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. I, I think it's just rancid fat. I don't want rancid fat. I don't want fish oils in my steak. Um, I, I have stainless steel and um, ceramic pots and pans. Mm -hmm. And when I'm done, they go in the sink and they come out spit spot clean, no oil, no rancidity, no dirt and gunk. And they're easy to clean. I can't mm -hmm. beat them up. Uh, so I'm not using 
I, I do use my cast iron occasionally, but nah, not as much as I used to. Uh, huh. That's the one thing that always kind of bothered me, and especially even when you were outside. Of course, I grew up on a ranch and stuff, and we would pack into different places. And so you always had a, a big Dutch oven and a smaller Dutch oven and a couple of little frying pans to do so. But there was always a residual in them, like you were just talking. You know, you don't want if you're if you're really hungry at the end of the day and you you got a nice ribeye or something sizzling in that that pan, but it may have just a little hint of trout in it mm -hmm. that you cooked the mm -hmm. night before. And I don't like that. No, neither do I. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, uh, Jeff, that this touches upon you and your home base up there in Oregon. Uh, about 10 years ago, I think my wife and I went up to Portland on vacation. Mm hmm. And um, by coincidence, we stumbled into a uh, a street fair, and uh, there one of the vendors had a big flat top griddle, and he was doing beautiful fresh salmon on that flat top, and then he was serving the hot salmon on top of a wonderful crunchy romaine salad, and just the temperature, the hot against the cold, and the flavors, we fell in love with that. So I brought that recipe back home, and I think it's in my book, but I cooked that on a lodge cast iron griddle and when i'm done i gotta scrub that griddle for the uh -huh. longest time just to get it clean yeah and you know there's often and because i'm cooking it hot um it often creates gummy sir it just yeah 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 getting impatient with it yeah leanne do you have any thoughts on this well i do <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn to disagree with me <laughs> well, you know, I I use cast iron in honor of my grandmother who used to make fried chicken in it. So I have dedicated dishes that I use my cast iron for that I, I just can't get away from. So it's 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 emotional as yeah. well. As... I, I do I, I, I do my fried chicken in a cast iron Dutch oven, mm -hmm. um, and that cuts back on the spattering. Yeah. I also and... do potato pancakes in them. Right. So there are certain things. Um, I am intrigued by your ceramic, though, because I do not have any ceramic pans. And you said that they clean very easily. So is that in lieu you... of a nonstick? Is that yes. what you're saying? It, um, I f they're, they're better than Teflon. I just am not a Teflon person, but of course I have to use it. And mine are dead. So I'm, I've am i been looking for a substitute. So the, that's the ceramics. The issue is they outlast Teflon, but eventually the slickness starts mm -hmm. to wear down. You can mm -hmm. use them with metal, but that helps wear down. Um, I'm going to send you a video of me cooking an omelet on one. Okay. Um, and it's just. But it can't be a new pan. <laughs> what do you mean a new pan? A new pan, because it's it's going to slide out because it's new. After time, oh, it's going to stick. No, it's I don't think Teflon. so. I think I've been using this pan for a while. But I think my my ceramics last about three years, That's and fair. after about three years, I end up wanting to replace them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, there you go. Maybe too soon for some people. Mm -hmm. um, Teflon, I think a year and a half, two years, depending on how much use right. you give them. Mm -hmm. And then there's these new hex pans, um, which they sent me a few, and all the influencers are cooking on them, and they suck. Really good to know. Yep. Thanks for saving yep. me money. And, yeah, they're Teflon. With um, uh, hexagonal uh, sections of stainless, food sticks to them. You've got to you've got to season them like you would cast iron, and uh, they just aren't as slippery as they as they say they are. 
Hmm. Okay. I gave mine okay. away. All right. So, uh, next question. You're listening to After Hours, by the way, on Barbecue Nation. What is the worst, absolute worst thing you've ever eaten? Oh, or tr- well, tried to consume. First of all, notice how I s- slowed down this uh, quiz by uh, a, a long monologue on yeah. iron that, pans. There's so no I, limit on after sure. hours, though. Yeah, you were say tough after questions. hours can be long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So there's no escaping this, huh? No. Um. I, the, the, uh, the absolute worst. It just you, my wife will back me up on this. I made a cauliflower soup one day with lemon in there, and it was really just a lemon soup, and mm. it was just unbearable. I mm. mean, one spoonful, and we looked at each other, spat it out. It was just terrible, and it was, you know, I was early on in my cooking career. I've uh, I've ruined uh, because I'm constantly experimenting. Like last night, I told you I did three yeah. different chicken breasts with um, uh, koji and MSG, and then plain. And any one of them could have turned out badly, and uh, so I'm 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 constantly ruining food. I will I will tell you an evil story real quick, and it's not going to get us off track because I got two more pages of questions here for oh, you. But oh, God help me! I went to my senior prom, and I took a young lady who was a junior. And there used to be a restaurant in Portland called the Medieval Inn. And so they had all this kind of Renaissance dressed waiters and stuff, and they'd bring the food to you. And it was quite common at the Medieval Inn to, you know, if if you had chicken to take the bone and throw it over your shoulder, you know, or something like that. It was it was a really fun place. I'm not going to say this young lady's name. I haven't seen her since high school. But they brought us finger bowls, warm water with a piece of lemon in it. And she said, what is this? I said, oh, it's lemon soup. (laughs) Oh, I could see that coming. (laughs) And the people, the waiter staff and stuff were behind her and they're looking at me like, you're evil. You must be the most evil prick on the face of the earth. And so and I said, oh, no. No, no, just pick it, pick it up and drink it. And she started to, and then I stopped her. But and everybody had a good laugh. She did not think it was so funny, but yeah. it was a it was a good Your deal. Your last oh, date with her. Yeah, it was actually it was. Um, have you ever come across the an item of food that you absolutely could not master in preparing it, cooking it? I don't think so, but I really struggled with octopus. Um, it's a very difficult food to make tender. I love the taste of it. Mm-hmm. I made numerous, very tasty octopi. Actually, it's octopodi. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I think that's the correct. It's not, it's not Latin, it's Greek. Um, but, um, in any case, um, I tried everything, just, you know, grilling them straight out of the bag. Um, tenderizing them by pounding them, um, simmering them, sous videing them, um, low and slow smoking them. I went through everything, and um, I finally sous vide is really good for them. I, I finally settled upon a very slow, like four hour simmer at about 170 degrees, and then on the grill. Simple as can be, um, huh. and okay. uh, they came out. 
pretty tender, but really flavorful. Leanne? What, struggle with something? Yeah. I mean, uh, is there something that you just couldn't master? You didn't I mean, think you were going to get roped into this uh, I quiz, didn't. did you? I didn't. Yeah. You uh, thought you had immunity. Uh, uh-uh. I really can't think of anything. I mean, there are still things that I work on to, quote, master to get to the next level. Right. Um, you know, like I've been I, like I made fried eggplant and I decided to do the cornstarch thing and now it's taken it up a level and now it's crispier. And so I always try to make things better. But most of the things I probably wouldn't eat that I would fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um This is kind of this is kind of a personal thing, but just an observation. What would you say is your success to failure ratio in your life? Not just in cooking, but in life. Mine is I've had a hell of a lot more failures than I've had successes. So I don't know if that, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30, I don't know. But that's just that's how we learn. But I wanted to get your take on that. I'm an entrepreneur, and I have been since I graduated college. I worked in a a liquor store in college. I set out on my own as a freelance writer um, and then uh, uh, photographer and web developer. And um, now I have my own website and uh, books and stuff. And it means daily decisions Mm -hmm. that are often existential. And um, uh, I have failed many times. Um, many of the businesses I launched have failed. Um, thank goodness the one I'm in now has been a success. But um, I I think the failure to success ratio is higher on the failure side. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I still stick with that's how we learn. Because I've done the same thing you have. When I, the, the day after I graduated from college, I started my business, my first one. And uh, I really didn't know what I was doing as far as the business aspect of it. It was in the horse world. I knew how to deal with the horses, but I didn't know anything about running a business. So anyway, that's mine. Leanne, you have a uh, similar. I, I I would say I mirror meathead a lot entrepreneur, but before that, you know, I, I wasn't, but yeah, I definitely have had, failures and and it, you do learn from that i can't give you a number but no, that's okay it's pretty fair it's definitely 50 50 yeah <laughs> and, and 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 that's just counting the restaurants right right <laughs> right okay. by the way leanne forget marriage all of your restaurants all of your restaurants have been a success in my mind oh well thank you yeah Appreciate yeah it. Okay, so who is someone in the food world that has really gotten your attention in the last year? Besides me and Leanne. In the last year? Yes. Ooh, that's a good one. Wow. I was just a speaker at a conference at the... Um, the culinary culinary vegetable institute. Yeah, Meathead was cooking okay. and speaking at a vegetable conference. Um, and and the culinary vegetable institute is on a farm, three hundred fifty acre farm uh, outside Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a town called Milan. It's spelled like Milan, but they pronounce it Milan. 
And uh, Jamie Simpson uh, is their chef. And uh, he cooked, this is just two, three weeks ago. And he does magic with uh, vegetables. And a big part, part of the theme was sous vide and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I tasted things like, I mean, like sous vide baby eggplants that just melted in my mouth. Oh, wow. Sous vide risotto. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there was a chia and um, a yogurt um, uh, breakfast item with. A honeycomb sitting right there. You scrape the honey and the wax Ooh, right into it. That sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And of course, everything's in season in, on the farm now. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, fantastic. Sure. Oh, that's good. Um, so Chef Jamie Simpson um, just blew me away with his expertise. Um, and uh, the farm itself was spectacular. And there were four or five of us cooking for the, uh, the conferees. And uh, all the other chefs were just very impressive. Cool. Leanne? Um, there really hasn't been anyone that's new at rising up and coming. Um, but in the past year, I mean, Norm Van Auken, is that his name? Famous chef. He opened up a restaurant here in Florida and is doing amazing things. And it's, it's just, he's acting as if he's a new and up and coming chef and he's doing remarkable things. So I've been watching him a lot lately. Oh, good. All yeah, right. That's a, that's, a, that's a big name. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, I can add one more, by the way. Also, yeah, go ahead. Same weekend. Um, I stopped at this place, the larder in Cleveland, where he's right. working with, with um, um, Koji a lot. Uh, Jeremy Romanski is the guy's name and he has a Ted talk. Um, uh, and uh, he, he, he's, he was, he spent like four hours with me and really, you know, my, my jaw was hanging open. Wow. Okay. That's some good tips there. Okay. So this is something that's kind of near and dear to all our hearts. How would you change if you needed to make any change to food shows on television? Um, I, 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 I watched the competitions but I'm bored by them. Um, mm -hmm. I loved the old days, uh, David Rosengarten and the educational chefs. They get, I mean, you know, like Julia did. Yeah. Um, Graham. Uh, and Graham. Graham. Yeah. You know, on the show, they, they do this on um, um, uh, the, the, what, the two magazines, Milk Street and mm -hmm. uh, 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 Cooks Illustrated. They have TV shows. The Food Network has really gone heavily into competition and that sort of thing. And I, I pick up tips. I see them doing creative and interesting things, but I would rather have somebody come on and say, today we're doing octopus and we're going to do mm -hmm. 40 variation. We're going to show you how they work. And that really yeah. educates me and interests me. Uh, mm -hmm. I bet it's not as good a tip as it is breaking your bacon into three parts for your sandwich. Yeah. Now that that's an yeah. award-winning tip right there. Now that's going down tonight, pal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Leanne, what do you think? You've, you've been abused by production companies. Yeah. Oh, and true. I, I, I'm also over the whole comp thing and I don't really learn a whole lot from that. Um, I was a huge fan of cooks illustrated. I look forward to getting that in the mail. Um, I not only want to see something about, the cooking and techniques and like their comparison of um, 
what works better on this recipe, but they compare like ingredients, like what's the best butter or what's the best uh, blender. You know, I'd like to, them to expand it and just touch a little bit on what they're using equipment wise and con, you know, I know they can, probably can't do it because of brands and stuff, but that's very helpful to me, you know, that this butter is the best butter to use to clarify. You know, I like those kinds yeah. of things. They yeah. do. They they name names. I mean, the best tomato sauce, they get up, you know, they get eight tomato sauces out there and they name the winner. Uh, yeah, but like Food Network doesn't do shows like that. No. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Oh, so yeah, when I you're got talking about now. Food yeah. Network. Yeah, well, they, they, they depend on the advertising. Cook's Illustrated right. and Milk Street, mm -hmm. both neither has advertising, so they can call it the way they seize it. Yeah. yeah. You know, the one thing I've, I've been knocking around TV for a while now, and um, the biggest thing, and most people probably know this, and if you, and, and Leanne and I have, had this discussion many times we've had people on the show and the, one of the first things they say is i'd love to get my own show my own television show it's it's a lot it's a lot the other thing is these reality and competition shows are a lot cheaper to produce than scripted shows um you don't have studio time you you know there's union rules you don't have the talent because on the comp shows they don't pay you right right <laughs> yeah. right so, uh, you know, you should keep that in mind. You, you kind of get what you what you're looking for there. Um, well, media, think, go ahead. There, there, there are so many people are do it yourselfers now. I mean, look at TikTok, look at uh, yeah, right. YouTube. Um, so many people now are essentially doing their own um, uh, their own cook shop. Babish, uh, if you guys are not familiar with Babish, go check him out. He's got a YouTube series. He's dynamite um and he really knows his stuff uh that, that's fun i like that mm -hmm. well if you look at uh malcolm malcolm has done oh, very malcolm. well yeah malcolm reed yeah mm -hmm. he's done great videos there uh and what's funny is ray ray was on the show a few weeks ago and we were talking about something similar about this and he goes yeah look at malcolm he's figured out how to do it and he sits down <laughs> so <laughs> what he's doing it. so i thought that was pretty good um Meathead, what has been the absolute best day of your life so far? Got him. Well, the easy answer, and it's probably true, was my wedding day. Yeah. Um, and there's a good story behind that one, if you want to hear. Oh, we got time. You do? Okay, mm -hmm. I'll do the short version. Um. I'm not religious and I didn't want a religious ceremony. And right. um, uh, my wife comes from a pretty religious Catholic family, but uh, we decided we would get married. We only gave them two weeks notice, advance notice, because we're living in separate apartments and that was too expensive. And basically we were living just in one. Yeah. So we decided let's get rid of one. Tell them we're getting married in two weeks. We'll hire a justice of the peace and make it, get it over with. And uh, in two weeks, they still managed to get together like 200 people. We rented a big restaurant in Chicago. Um, and uh, uh, there was one living justice of the peace left in Illinois. And my wife booked him and I went to pick him up. He was in Evanston and the wedding was downtown, about an hour drive. And I go knock on the door. He's got a little storefront. And there's a Ken and Barbie 
in wedding outfit on the windowsill there. And uh, I, you know, he, he starts to pack his briefcase and I explained to him, my wife and I have written our vows. Um, so you really don't have to say anything except other powers in me. I now pronounce you. And he says, well, in that case, and he reached into his uh, briefcase and took out the big black robe that he had, put it back in his desk and took out a clip on tie that said, here come to judge. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a line, by the way. I mean, we've been married 49 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that was a line from a television show that was very popular in those days. Um, but in any case, uh, I'm driving him to the wedding site. And I said, you know, there's one thing that we need to get squared away. My wife didn't tell me what you charge for your services. And he said the most frightening words I've ever heard. Pay me what you think it's worth. Yeah. Oh. So I'm going through in my head, how many years is this marriage going to last? You know, I mean, yeah. what, how do I amortize this? You got an <laughs> algorithm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's finally he tells me he did a wedding on a yacht a couple of weeks earlier and they paid him a couple of hundred bucks. And I'm thinking, OK, I can get away with 200 bucks. Um, we, we get to the uh, to the end, the Como Inn, which is now ex 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 non-existent. We get to the Como Inn <clears throat> and uh, he disappears. I finally find him when it's time to get started. He's in the bar and he's drunk. And we get the ceremony going and my wife plays guitar and I recite a poem and we say our vows and he now pronounces us. And uh, I walk him down the stairs to the sidewalk where I've called a cab. I pay him 200 bucks and I pay the cab driver and he looks kind of sad. And uh, I, uh, um, I, 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 I said, is, is that not enough? He says, no, it's okay. Oh so I gave God. him another hundred. Uh, and as he's driving away, now he's happy. He hugs me. As he's driving away, um, the uh, uh, my dad comes down the stairs and says, hey, by the way, don't worry about the judge. I took care of him. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I'll, True story. I'll, I'll, I'll wow. throw something in. It's not as funny as that. When my mother passed away and the guy I wanted to come do the service, very brief service. You know, my mom was almost a hundred and outlived all of her friends. So there wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal, but I couldn't get the guy I wanted. He was at a bowling tournament in Reno. Right. So the hospice people supplied us with this guy. And uh, he was an ordained minister or something. I don't, don't know what he was affiliated with, but he comes out there one. He could barely walk. It wasn't because he was drunk. He just had difficulty walking and then he couldn't speak. He started to go, you know, our father and our heaven and all this stuff. And then he's kind of fumbling that up. And so I had provided him with a list, very brief. Here's my mom's name. You know, my dad, who's already there this and these are the kids and and he screwed up every name oh, right dear. uh and my sister's sitting there my sister's kind of a rough character and she's like every time he would make a mistake she would correct him <laughs> in, in front of everybody her name is nancy not fancy type thing you know so anyway same deal we get to the end and 
I hadn't really thought anything about it. And he said, I said, I believe I'm supposed to give you some sort of honorarium. What? How much? I should have asked him prior, and I didn't. Uh, but there was a lot going on. And he says, oh, you know, you decide. So I reached in my pocket and I looked like I'd been in a bar for four days because I had all these watered up one dollar bills that <laughs> got it. And I just stuck them in his hand. I wasn't very happy with the guy, but I didn't wish him any ill. Uh -huh. So I don't know if I gave that guy thirteen dollars or seventy five dollars. I have no idea what it was, <laughs> but I, and he went away. And so that was good. Okay, let's get back to this. Meathead, what your guy got five hundred bucks. Your, your guy did good that day. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it's gone forty nine years, so a hundred buck a year. Good investment. Uh, that's a good and deal. My, and our anniversary is coming up in two weeks, so we just oh, had our fifty, right? Fifty? Is it going to be fifty? No, forty nine in two weeks. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Leanne and I'll come for your fiftieth. How's uh -huh. that? Yeah. All right. Do you if remember the? Do you remember the first thing you ever got in trouble for as a kid? I was constantly in trouble. I did not believe in rules. Um, oh gosh, I don't, I, I can't remember, but I, we lived in a rural area and I was always bringing home tadpoles and snakes and um, uh, the, the worst thing I ever, I got, I got, I got in some sort of trouble and I was punished for it. And, I was told I couldn't play in the spring football game. And that was pretty severe punishment because I yeah. was a football fanatic. And uh, I had been um, a freshman and the varsity team allowed me to practice with them that spring. Mm -hmm. So to be able to play with the varsity in the spring game was an honor. And uh, that was rough. That was really rough. Le Leanne, do you remember what you ever got? In I don't know if you got in trouble with your dad. I think you were your dad's favorite. But oh, no, I I remember getting in a lot of trouble. Might have been the first time big trouble. I used to take little firecrackers and blow up ant hills, and you know, stick them in the ant hill, yeah. and, and I shouldn't have been playing with fire. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to get the magnifying glasses and, oh, yeah. and burn them and burn them yeah yeah oh yeah yeah um what's your absolutely most favorite non-barbecue food or dish well i used to answer that with soft shell crab um uh, but i developed an allergy and i haven't had it in years but i can still mm. taste it absolutely adore a soft shell crab and when i found out i'm allergic i oh. contemplated suicide yeah my uh, mom would do that she loves them too yeah they're just wonderful um i i would if somebody brought me a plate of them right now i'd risk anaphylaxis and eat them. <laughs> there you go leanne without a doubt i mean i'm a main lobster freak uh, there you go there you go we'll have I to can't eat those either absolutely my favorite and i just like them boiled believe it or not uh partially steamed but i i don't want anything but just good drawn butter with it that's it mm -hmm. we'll have Straight to do out. that on the show do you do you eat the tamale i do yeah i do yeah they yeah. say it's risky but how many times do you eat lobster you know yeah right, exactly exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. um what's your favorite city 
to visit? Oh, in the U.S. or yeah, the world? Yeah, anywhere, anywhere. Paris. Paris is magical. Yeah, there's nothing like it in the world. Uh, it, it, it is, it is artful. It is gustatory. It is sensory in every aspect. It's old. It's historic. Um, the people are beautiful and glamorous and fashionable and hospitable. Anything you hear about dislike for Americans, I've never encountered. Um, uh, no question. Uh, uh, you know, after that, uh, give me uh, New Orleans and uh, San Francisco and Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. Um, uh, Florence, Firenze. Um, uh, they're just you know, but Paris by a mile. Now, Leanne, I know you like Lake Cuomo over there next to George Clooney's house, but what it was amazing. Um, you know, I'm going to say Paris too, but I have a funny story about Paris. My dad, he was a captain with TWA, and he flew international, and I would go on go with him for his like one or two day layovers on trips, and we went to Paris, had French onion soup, and then flew home. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's good while we were looking at the eiffel tower i'll agree with florence i mean i haven't been to that many you know international type places but florence i went when i was in junior high school and i'll never forget it um i really love chicago but chicago's a changed place now and i enjoy living there um and i even i mean i love going to new york city and oh San yeah, Francisco. yeah. I, I gotta tack on one more tokyo um, I've never been. I, I've not yeah. been there. Years ago, my wife was invited to give a uh, scientific presentation at a um, resort um, outside of Tokyo. And it is just a marvelous, clean city. Oh, such friendly people. Yeah. Also, food. They worship food over there. Yes. I mean, nobody treats food with more respect mm -hmm. than the Japanese. I, I actually worked for the Japanese for a while. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was going to say, we went to a baseball game, and um, you, 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 we sat in the outfield, and the guy came by with the uh, uh, hot box on yeah. around his shoulder, and it was steaming. And I'm figuring I'm going to get a couple of hot dogs. I held up two fingers, and I got two skewers, uh, one with uh, yakitori chicken livers and the uh -huh. other with yakitori squid. And they were delicious. Wow. Oh, I'm sure. I'm it's, sure. But, you know, uh, who would have thunk? Uh, they were delicious. But it was, you know, they watch the Yamiuri Giants play the carp. Carp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've got, I've got a lot that's of. That's almost as frightening as the beavers. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Um, when we're not recording, I'll tell you a story. Uh, but th this one cannot get out. I've got a lot more questions, but I'm just going to do two more for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got to get back to work at some time. Mm -hmm. What is your fa favorite classic movie? Mine is Casablanca. Okay. I love that movie. Absolutely love that movie because a lot of the acting in it, and I've had a little stint as an actor, is so subtle. But so Humphrey Bogart walks by this table. And there's a cordial glass tipped over. And as a, if you've owned a restaurant or a catering service or anything, this is something you would actually do. The glass is laying on its side. He just walks by, very calmly picks it up and sets it down upright and keeps walking. 
Okay. And it's just little things like that, that I like about that movie, but I want your, both of you to tell me what your favorite classic movie is. If you well, have it one. is brilliant and it, it, it certainly is in my top five. And, uh, so is of course, um, uh, the famous Orson Welles, uh, um, Oh God, I'm drawing a blank. Name. War of the Worlds. No, uh, where he plays William Randolph. Oh, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Yes. But I have not favorite... seen that. I, uh, I want to see that. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's worth it. it a lot of people mm-hmm. call it the greatest movie ever made. And possibly, it certainly is in the discussion. My favorite is a little bit of an underdog. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Oh, yes. yes. You know that? Warren I Beatty. don't know it. Warren, Warren Beatty. Beatty and Julie Christie, who yep. is a heartthrob in this movie. And it's a it's a Western, but it, it 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 feels like what the West was really like. Yeah. Muddy and dirty and the clothing was ragged and he's a gambler and she's a prostitute. And uh, he, he has this. He, he, he falls in love with her, but of course, she's she works for money and uh, and uh, he can't get her to fall back in love with him. And he has this marvelous scene where he's kind of drunk and he's shaking his head and he's just women money and pain money and pain <laughs> money and pain <laughs> uh, very okay. good leanne mm, um it's a wonderful life uh, that's, wonder, I love that's that. very good very good yeah. very good well okay. we watch it every year without fail. Yep, we oh yeah to do that. yep 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 um Here's something I, I just want you to, I don't want you to answer this. I want you to think about it for the next time, because if I catch you totally off guard, we might get an answer you wouldn't like. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Don't answer that. That's for next time. But um, that That's can be easy to answer. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> okay. Last question. If your worst enemy in the world was on death row, would you volunteer to prepare their last meal? Woo. I told you I redid these. I, I I don't think I'd want anything to do with it. I agree. Uh, even if they, uh, even if this person asked me, the warden asked me, I don't think I'd want to be anywhere near the place. Yeah. No, no I can favors. No, what? No favors. Oh, I thought you said no beavers. And I, I think that no, <laughs> you know, and the person should starve <laughs> i'm just not a big fan of the death penalty first of all and second of all i think this that's kind of yeah i just i don't you know especially if he's an enemy you know yeah right. if he was a friend i'd be there but yeah absolutely mm-hmm. all right meathead from amazingribs.com it's uh stick around when we shut off here because i want to tell you that story but uh thank you you're again. making everybody out there wonder i know but they'll have to wait for another day so, but thanks, my friend. And Miss Leanne, um, mm-hmm. please survive that storm down there. Oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Right I lived in Sarasota it. through Hurricane Donna and uh, Hurricane Betsy, which hit north. I remember it well, and uh, it ain't no fun. And uh, well, it's the storm surge. That's that's, that, that's uh, Tampa the Bay, big, the average. That's the big uh, problem. The, the, the average elevation of Tampa and St. Pete is three or four feet. So, you oh, get a yeah. seven foot storm surge and everything is underwater. 
That's yeah. right. Even my barbecue trailer will be because I'm in the A zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I lived through Hurricane Donna. That was my mother-in-law's name. So anyway, um, we all thank you for listening. Check mm-hmm. out Meathead's website, amazingribs.com. Join the Pitmaster Club. Um, don't forget about, and I'm sorry, Leanne, I didn't put that in the new script. Leanne's pig powder. Go to pigpowder.com there. We kind of blew right by that. And Leanne and I will be broadcasting live from um, Byron's Butt Rubs uh, Blast. I We, we haven't really named it yet, so we've, we're going to work on that this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, that'll be on the 12th, I believe, of October. We can and- call it Byron's Barbecue Bash. There you go. We can do Mm -hmm. that. But for everybody here, we thank you for listening and, and sharing this time with us. And remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. And take care, everybody.